0: We generally don't think of it as manly to talk about self-care and rest. However, we see a dramatically different model when we look at the ultimate man, Jesus. Stay tuned because what we're going to talk about next flies in the face of everything that society is telling us. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. If you didn't know, I'm Andrew, and this is Full Power. We exist to lead men in ardently pursuing God. Today we're going to be jumping back into our Man Up series. We're in part four where we're going to be studying what God has to say about leading ourselves. And kind of before we get into the thick of things, I would like to um, actually let you guys know we're still in need of some volunteers to fill some Creative technical and administrative roles on our team So if that's of any interest to you or you'd like to find out more head over to fullpowermen.com Join us again. That's fullpowermen.com Slash join us and you can get all the details or sign up there Let's uh, start things off by going to the Heavenly Father and asking his hand over this time Dear Father God Thank you for the ability to gather via this podcast as men and dig into your word and learn what you have to say about just leading ourselves and modeling our lives as men after Christ and what the significance of that is. And uh, we just know that you're ready, willing, and more than able to come alongside us and just spur us on to reach and achieve the destiny that you have called us to. And we just love you and praise you. In Christ's name, amen. All right, guys. So, as dudes, more often than not, we're active, right? We're doing this, doing that. God's kind of wired us to be doers, it's in our nature. And He delights in this doing and accomplishing and working that we do. And society has taken this good thing of doing and they've accelerated it to this perverse velocity that results in anxiety, stress, overload, burnout, just general chaos, right? And so listen to me on this. This isn't God's design at all. We see in scripture three key points that if we let them will actually help us return to an abundant life of peace and joy while we continue to do stuff. So the first of the three points is actually slowing Perhaps you guys can relate with Bilbo Baggins and what he said in Lord of the Rings. I feel thin, sort of stretched, like butter, scraped over too much bread. Or maybe you're at the point where, if you're honest with yourself, you really have been so busy that you haven't had a chance to feel anything real in years. Both of these situations actually resonate deeply with me, because a few years back, I had unknowingly built a life over time that was just completely diametrically opposed to the way of Christ. It was so full and so busy. I didn't have time for anything real significant or important. I was always cutting it super close to get from one place to the next one task to the next. And through this, I had just this underlying low level anxiety and stress. And with that, there's just a searching. I was trying to figure things out and God brought to my radar, this awesome book, and I'm highly recommending it to you guys, but it's by John Mark Comer and it's called the ruthless elimination of hurry. And if you haven't read it, what I'll do is I'll put a link to our resource page, uh, in the show notes and you can actually access, um, an audio version of the book through hoopla for free from there. So check out the show notes, um, And in this book, one of the four key principles is actually slowing. And that's what we're gonna be talking about here because when I heard that for the first time, it basically opened my eyes and I had this kind of life reorienting aha moment. And I had realized basically I had been taking this idea of being busy And cramming pack my days and it had become a little G God for me and I had actually scheduled God effectively out of my life to the point where he was just relegated to about one hour on Sunday or maybe the occasional Bible study or you know the panicked prayer that we throw up when chaos is ensuing all around us and that was where I had limited and put God in this little scheduling box. And so I think probably a lot of us have either lived there currently or have been there or are in the process of getting there in our lives because that's how society kind of shapes us. So let's kind of look at that lifestyle and compare it with the lifestyle of Christ, who is obviously the undeniable model that we're supposed to emulate and Basically, we can see Jesus allowed himself to be interrupted. If we're going fast, we're not going to be able to be interrupted because we're just too busy to be bothered with this or that. Don't get in my face. Don't interrupt me. Don't bug me. Don't do any of this. But Jesus allowed himself to be interrupted. He actually stopped when the woman who had the bleeding disorder touched the, the actual little edge, the hem of his garment, and he was on his way to a ruler's house whose daughter had recently died and he was about to raise her to life again, but yet he stopped and he was in the moment with that woman. That's an idea of being slow, being deliberate, being in the flow and abiding with God. We also see that, um, Jesus never rushed anywhere. Um, even, uh, you know, in scripture we hear he walked here, he walked there. And, uh, even, <laughs> even when, uh, he was out on, uh, on the storm, you know, he wasn't, uh, jogging to get the other side, he walked on the water. And with a ministry of only about three years, he never hustled, he never sprinted, he never rushed, because he knew that that was not the way we're supposed to live. And on top of that, he never rushed God's will or his plans. You know, he actually waited three days before going and raising Lazarus back to life. And that was a great friend of his, very near and dear, you know, it, in the story, Jesus wept. He was emotionally connected with these folks. And yet he knew that for God's glory and God's purposes, he had to stay where he was for three extra days. So he never rushed God's plans and God's timing. So it's this idea of being slow and being in in sync and in flow and in rhythm with God. And I think we can all agree, uh, you know, based on the life of Christ, that God is clearly calling us to man up and allow him to sanctify the speed of our lives. Jesus lived at this chill, kind of unhurried pace. And I think that Jesus himself says it best in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Existing in the presence of our loving heavenly father in these unforced rhythms of grace is where it's at. When we slow down and abide in the flow of God, we can connect with him in ways we've never expected before. We can go deeper with him. We can go farther with him. And when we slow down, that's where our adventure begins. So as we start to live this life of slowing, God will show us and teach us things that we weren't even expecting. One of those things is our second principle that we're talking about today, and it's playing. I bet you weren't expecting that. I wasn't either when God first kind of taught me about it because it just something we don't talk about, you know, kids play, but men do we, you know, maybe we play around or we goof off, but do we genuinely play? And is that a principle of God? Well, yes, it actually is. Because Jesus said in Matthew 13, excuse me, Matthew eighteen three, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on to reiterate it just a, uh, one chapter later in Matthew 19, 14, he says, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belong the kingdom of heaven. This is some pretty direct and strong language from our King kind of telling us that to live the manly Christian life, we have to press into and embrace our identity as God's boys. My wife and I are blessed with uh, a son and a daughter and, uh, they're real little right now, and most days, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but it's about all we can do to keep them from either killing each other or completely destroying our home. But, uh, you know, the biggest personal blessing that I've received from this is how God has illuminated my eyes and my sight to my sonship with my Heavenly Father, and how much more I love my son, and then how much more God loves me and cherishes and takes care of me. And um, when my son's actually playing, and if I'm, you know, in a room nearby, or if I come upstairs and he sees me, or if he's outside and I come outside, he says, Daddy, Daddy, come play with me. I want you to play with me. And guys, that is what Jesus is talking about in Matthew. It's this idea of a son just wants to play and hang out and be around his dad, and So when we take this idea of playing, we're supposed to have the spirit of play kind of meaning uh, we worship and we honor God by doing things that we love, things that are fun. You know, maybe, maybe we build race cars and race them on the weekends, or maybe we go to the gun range, or maybe we, you know, play video games late at night when our family's asleep with our buddies or something like that. Or maybe we like to throw pots, or maybe we like to paint pictures, or maybe we sing. And all these things, when we do them with God and do them in the God-ordained time and in his spirit, it's play. We're playing because we're having fun with our heavenly father, hanging out with him and doing what brings us pleasure. And that brings him pleasure. And so even though we've kind of seen this, it was highlighted here in scripture. We know what God's heart is regarding play. I know this is going to feel so foreign to us that we're going to resist it. And I think we just need to agree right here, right now, as men to band together and decide and put a stake in the ground that we are going to play. I bet you never thought you were going to hear a podcast on let's agree as men to play, you know, but you heard it here. So we're probably the first and the last to say it, but the point is, God wants to reinstill and reignite in us this fascination with the world around us, this wonderment at life of uh, just being playful in joy and peace and being with him and just hanging out with our heavenly daddy. And the peace and the joy that we'll get that kind of will come from all this will just astonish you when you start playing. And not only do you have kind of permission from God to play, but... It's basically a mandate to play, so um, I'd encourage you guys don't don't resist this, even though it feels weird and foreign. Press into it, press in, and make play part of your part of your healthy life. And uh, you know, if we think about play, you know, when we play hard, what do kids do when they're tired and all tuckered out after playing? Well, they take a nap, right? If you've ever been around kids, they get sleepy and they take a nap, and uh, that's exactly what God wants us to do as well that's actually our third principle. It's resting. A few months into, uh, COVID-19 pandemic, um, kind of in my quiet time, I was hanging out with God and he told me that it was time for me to rest and, uh, for an indefinite period of time. And he stressed on my spirit that that was going to be, um, you know, no, no real work, just kind of back off from work, back off from responsibilities. And, uh, you know with that i i rebelled against it for several for several more months and i'm not proud of that but you know just being transparent to you guys that's you know that's what happened that's where i was and um you know looking back i guess my uh, mindset was kind of threefold you know first off i was thinking god you know i'm a man you made me to do stuff um why are you calling me to stop doing stuff um and uh then secondly there was some fear it was all right, God, well, if I'm not doing stuff, uh, how are my bills going to get paid? And how is my bank account not going to drain down to zero? And, uh, you know, then thirdly, you know, if I'm honest, I just, you know, kind of thought this, you know, God, I'm, I'm scared to be at rest. I'm scared to be still and quiet and at peace and just feel and be in the moment and not be, so medicated by busyness that i don't feel or i don't exist in the moment and there's fear in that because when we get quiet and get still before god you're gonna feel the goods and you're gonna feel the bads and uh that's kind of where i was i was just concerned about you know letting down and disconnecting from busyness and then so Finally after that, you know, God had kind of waited patiently on me to get on board with this and uh, after rebelling for a few months I did and uh, Started my sabbatical and there really wasn't any additional defining clarity or direction other than I want you to rest I want you to be with me and I want you to be with your wife and kids more and um, so, you know at that point like I said, I'd surrendered to it so I dramatically decreased my hours at work and I increased my time with God and my family. And, um, you know, uh, beyond that I actually gave myself permission to relax and just be, just exist in the moment and not have to have a million things on my to-do list, not have to go here, go there and uh, stay busy, but to be and exist in the moment with God. And, um, so kind of through that, the, uh, I guess the overarching kind of guiding verse that God gave me for this, uh, sabbatical is it's roughly a year long, maybe even a little bit longer than that. But for this kind of life redefining sabbatical, the verse was very familiar one, uh, Psalm 23, one through three. I'm going to read it for us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake so here's what god kind of taught me through that verse and honestly it's it's not even that profound however if we let it shape our entire lifestyle in the context of resting and being with god it's going to revolutionize everything about how we live so the first part is he is our shepherd So the idea is he guides us. He protects us. So because of that, I can rest and be at peace because he's got my back. He's got everything figured out. He's got me covered. The next part is he makes me lie down in green pastures. So I don't even have a choice when I'm doing life with God. He will cause me. He will make me rest. He will make me lie down in these good places as he continues to guide and protect me. So you know, this is a compulsory thing. He's going to make us lie down. He's going to make us rest. So just embrace that and press into that because the rest is this most sweet time that you have with God. And so it goes on to say, he leads me beside still waters. So as he's kind of guiding me, it's at this relaxed, flowing pace of calm, kind of this still waters pace. It's not rushing. It's not hurrying. It's this rest that is just calm. It saturates every fiber of your being. It saturates your emotions. It saturates your spirit. It's just this still water, calm, and rest. And it goes on to say, he restores my soul. So somehow, kind of beyond my understanding, he is able to take this rest that I'm pressing into, revitalize my inner self, and just nourish me in a way that... Nothing else can do other than resting with God. And then the last little bit is he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So God will take me on this journey. He'll lead me to accomplish kind of the stuff that he's wanting me to do. And it will be at this rest focused, relaxed pace and all these things that I do and accomplish, they'll be, significant because they will be surrendered to him and for his glory. So uh, I've got, let me, let me let me kind of share these. Uh, I've got a couple other verses here, guys. Just if you're listening to the car, if you're on the, you know, the treadmill or you're, you know, benching 600 pounds or deadlifting a thousand pounds or whatever you're doing right now, um, just tune in, really focus and press in on this because these verses are the undergirding for the entire heart of god in response to the principle of rest so listen to these um, exodus thirty-three, fourteen, and he said my presence will go with you and i will give you rest genesis 2 2-3 says and on the seventh day god finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done so god blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Uh, Psalm one sixteen seven, 7. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. I love that wording. Let me read that one one more time. I really like that one. Psalm one sixteen seven. 7. Return, O my soul. This is David. Return, O my soul, to the rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. All right. Mark 6:31. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while for many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. Does that sound familiar? Is that kind of where a lot of us are living right now in this hustle and bustle kind of lifestyle? And then in Matthew 11:28 28, it says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's Jesus talking. He will give us rest. So the significance of rest is apparent through these these scripture passages that we've read in the Bible. And even though this kind of flies in the face of everything that we've been programmed with by the fast pace of our society, rest is where we commune with God and where he strengthens us. And it's where we fight our battles from is this rest. And basically it's imperative that we rest because if we don't, we're not going to be able to fulfill the destiny as men that God is calling us to. And that is his heart for us to be the little boys growing into mighty warriors of men for his name and for his glory. Um, And if we don't have sufficient time, you know, uh, in our days, so to speak, to be able to slow down, to abide, to have margin, enough time to play and have a playful spirit and attitude, enough time to actually rest and be with God, then let's be honest, guys, some or maybe a lot of our uh, stuff on our to-do list and on our calendar simply has to go away. It has to be eliminated because you have to let go of definitely the bad stuff, but hear this, you have to let go of the good stuff to embrace the God stuff because you know, uh, some things are good things, but if God's not calling you to it, it's not how he wants you to spend your time. And he clearly wants us to spend our time with him, abiding in the slow rhythm of life. He wants us to have this playful attitude where we enjoy what we're doing and we're partnered with him. And he wants us to just kind of have this focus of rest so that we're doing everything out of this place of, abiding and resting and being with God. And uh, I just want to read uh, one more scripture, because I think it just kind of sums up what we've been talking about. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Brothers, the temptation is being too busy, overfilling our days and living at a pace that is basically in direct opposition and rebellion to the way of Jesus. Our challenge is to man up and deliberately slow down, play and rest, not for selfish reasons, but to honor and glorify God by being in sync with him and on mission with him, being able to give our best back to him. We can't do this alone, so let's ask for his hand upon this high calling on our lives. Heavenly Father, um, we know that uh, to slow things down, to have a spirit of playfulness, to live in and function out of rest, these three things are completely countercultural, and we've got Jobs and careers and businesses and responsibilities that are constantly going to be at friction and at odds with your calling in this area for us to slow down, play, and rest. And we know that there's no way we can do it under our strength or in our power, that uh, only you can supernaturally do it through us, and uh, that the people around us will give you glory because they can see your strength made perfect in our weakness. And uh, we thank you for that. And we just ask that uh, you do come and shine through our lives and give us that supernatural power to to just uh, slow, play, and rest. And we just thank you for the outcome. Thank you for just giving us peace and joy and abundance. And uh, we trust you. In Christ's name, amen. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in today and uh, be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any of our episodes or our testimonies or our specials that we do. And, uh, you know, share the show with your buddies. Uh, I think they'll probably like it too, I hope. And uh, also um, feel free to touch base with us. We love to hear from you guys. Um, Shoot us your God stories. Send us any questions or thoughts you have in regard to um, being men of God in this society and in this time and day. And uh, you can do that by uh, hitting us up at our email, connect at fullpowermen.com. Again, that's connect at fullpowermen.com. We'd love to hear from you. So shoot something our way and uh, we'll get back to you. And uh, as always, guys, you're loved, you're sent, be safe out there, slow down, uh, play a little bit and get some rest and we'll catch you next time. God bless.